Hey, everybody, welcome to the first episode of Real Live Talk. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. This podcast is all about having Christ-centered kingdom conversations with amazing people in the body of Christ. I hope that you enjoy this first episode with Alex Seidler. Alex is the Global Ministries Director at Elam Fellowship, as well as the Executive Director at Basic College Ministries. He's an amazing dude that's doing awesome things for the kingdom of God, raising up leaders. He's a, he has a heart and a passion for revival, for the unreached people of the world to be reached with the gospel and with the love and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, so let's jump into it. Thanks for being here, man. How you doing? This is real. This is the most real live talk I've had today, Duke. <laughs> so I feel really good, man. Man, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped that you're here. Um, well, in as much as this is the first episode, let me just kind of tell everybody what's going on. Uh, this is a new podcast uh, that's just launching today in real time. This is Real Live Talk. Uh, these are going to be coming to you live on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and not today, but probably starting on Thursday. These will be uh, also uh, live on YouTube as well. And then these will be uploaded uh, at a later time to Spotify and Apple and all those you know major podcast platforms out there as well. Uh, these will be coming out mainly on Mondays and Thursdays. And yeah, this is really just about having good Christ-centered kingdom conversations with awesome men and women of God that are doing awesome stuff for the kingdom of God, whether in the area of missions or pastoral work or music and creative arts type stuff, or um, even in the area of business, finance, got some uh, cool guests lined up over the next uh, couple of months already. And so I'm pretty stoked about this. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm here today with Alex Seidler. Alex is the Global Ministries Director at Elam Fellowship as well as the newly appointed, right? Um, new, very new. Fresh executive director, right? Executive director yeah. of Basic College Ministries. Um, so good to see you, buddy. How you doing, man? Good to see you too, man. As you can imagine, life is crazy. Life is busy, but God is good. I'm so proud of you, Duke, for doing this project. I, I think I told you before on your uh, first podcast you launched, I said, Duke, many people talk about doing these sorts of things, but you're actually getting it done and you're staying consistent. So to be on your first one here is such an honor, such a privilege to be with you. Love you and Denise so much. Thankful for the, the legacy family out there and uh, excited to be with you today, man. Well, bro, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I know I know your time's valuable. You're doing so many things for the kingdom. And uh, bro, like you, you actually, uh, you were with me twice on uh, the Simple Power podcast and shout out, had shout such out a simple power, shout out simple power. <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, but yeah, I, bro, is that still going on by the way? It's still going on. I released an episode okay. yesterday. Uh, well, technically today, you. but, but I usually, I always say Monday, but I usually put them out on Sunday just cause some of the platforms yeah. don't, don't pick them up immediately. So, um, yeah, it's still going. I've released episode 86 and I don't know, man, I'm going to see, I'm going to play it out. Um, I'm going to, I'm definitely committed to do at least a hundred and then we'll see what happens like after that. that. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to do th this kind of thing has been on my heart for a while, like just between yeah. just between you and me. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Oh, and the fact and the that we're live the on the Internet right now. <laughs> but hey, Duke, real quick, just tell me all your secrets real fast. Yes, <laughs> I promise they won't get out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do have a chat as well. So people can chat and stuff. So if you have a comment or a question or something, you could put that in the chat. And I may or may not see it because I'm really bad at multitasking. But just know <laughs> if you put a question in there, it might get asked. So yeah. or yeah, it might <laughs> yeah, it might end up happening. 
Use the chat, but we're going to totally ignore it. But still, guys, just feel <laughs> not we totally. want your voice to be heard. But at least for sure, for sure, for sure, I will read every single comment eventually. I will personally I respond you. to every single question. I will respond. How about that? If you say amen, I'm responding with like high five hands. If you know, I'm yes. responding to everything. Uh, you, but anyway, if you, if you if you put amen in the comments, I will send you my Venmo. How about that? <laughs> Let's just do this right. I'll send you a link to my cash app. Yeah. Because that's what this is all about. It's all about making money, you know? Exactly. No. This Not is, at I, all. Dude, let me tell you something, man. Not We're both, let, let's, just set, let's just set the tone here. We're both Northern Jersey boys. Yes. And there's only two reasons I can think of to go to South Jersey. Can I tell you the first? What's the first? It's when you get really lost and you're just driving. <laughs> you think you're going north, but you're actually going south. And the second is when you do missions trips, because they, I'm telling you like the South, South Jersey needs Jesus more than a lot of whole countries do. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There's just something, there's something about that place. You go there and you go so close. Oh man, Lord, send workers. So shout out to all of our South Jersey boys and girls. We yeah. All those Eagles fans down there. Oh man. You know, you know how it is. That's um, why they need Christ, man. Yeah, for real, for real. Got to get out of that. Um, get out of the darkness and into the light, you know? Mm -hmm. um, when was the last time you were in Jersey, man? Oh, it's such a great question. I'm going to say over the holidays. I think I was there for Christmas. And oh, yeah? And we've been up here uh, based out of uh, near Rochester, New York, Lima, New York, uh, for the past few months. Haven't done a ton of trips overseas, like zero, yeah. since the bid, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah. Excited that hopefully, maybe not this summer, but maybe in the fall, my wife and I and some of, some others on our global team are going to be able to get out of the country a little bit. So very excited for that opportunity. Gotcha, man. Well, well, let's jump into it because I, um, yeah. that's actually one of the things that I was like super curious about. I wanted to know um, how things have kind of shifted for you guys or how you've had to reshape things. Again, uh, let me just say... Um, Alex is the uh, Global Ministries Director at Elam Fellowship. You've been in that role for how many years now, man? Uh, three years next month. All right. That's like, I'm sorry, that's the coolest title ever. Like when you have global, global in your title, I'm so stoked about that. Um, it's been amazing. Yeah, so you're the Global Ministries Director, and uh, recently um, you became the uh, Executive Director at BASIC, which stands for Brothers and Sisters in Christ, correct? Um, that's a college ministry. The best, the best acronym around, man. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> like literally, I remembered that because because I saw I, I've been out of very out of the loop as far as Elam okay. life yeah. and culture and all that yeah, for, for right. years because I'm down here. And I just remembered when I saw that you were you were basic, I, I thought for a second, I was like, oh, yeah, wait, what is basic? And then immediately I was like, brothers and sisters in Christ, like I remembered it. It stuck with me all these years. So there it's, catchy, so it's, it's, it it's definitely it, it's definitely a good a good acronym they got going. But anyway, um, well, tell, tell me about that before I ask you this question. I wanted to ask you, yep. um, what's that been like, uh, you know, kind of taking over basic and uh, what's that whole process been like for you and Jody? Yeah, that's a great question, Duke. Um, BASIC was started back in 1978. And really, the, the main goal of BASIC is to work with local churches to reach college campuses. So it's always, it's never like BASIC will go to a college and just start reaching students. It's always saying, how do we partner with local churches to empower them to send people to reach the campus? And of course, we provide conferences, resources, trainings, uh, troubleshooting. We provide all the support to local churches to help do that. Um, and so I think back in 
November, or late November, early December, uh, a member of the basic board approached me and said, hey, Alex, um, we're having some transition happen uh, with people at basic. The executive director and his wife expressed, um, hey, we're feeling some transition. We're not quite sure when, but we want get to get that out there. Other key members of the staff also expressed transition. So they just said, hey, could you come in and help us navigate this? So it's, it's, I, what I said is I, I, I said I could give you a two-year deal. So like become the executive director for two years mm-hmm. and then build a team together, um, find the next executive director, whoever that would be, help empower them, form team, and then kind of see them launch out. So it's kind of like adding another full-time job with my, my other full-time job, which is already yeah. crazy. But uh, dude, I'm telling you about the team. This is, this is the reason why I can do it, bro. It's because in my other role with Elam Fellowship, the global ministers team, that team has gone from like three people to 14 people in the past wow. couple of years. Wow. So we've seen God do amazing things. And these are people that are raising their own support. Some of them are part-time. Some of them are full-time. Mm. It's just like the, the gamut of people that are saying, I want to usher in the next missions movement here on the East Coast. We're seeing them lean in in an, in an absolutely amazing way. So the only reason I could say yes to basic is honestly because of the global team. And I, I, we, I can trust them to the nth degree. Like I can, for, for missionary stuff that goes crazy, for finances, for all these other things, I can really find, uh, trust those leaders that are there. And uh, basic really, our, our big three goals, Duke, are simply this. One, we want to build the team. And so we already have, I think, five or six people, new people that are joining on this month and next month, which I'm super stoked wow. about. The other thing was kind of uh, just start to think through and pray about the next executive director. And so uh, we're not that deep into it yet, but still, I'm just starting to get some new strategies and new inklings for what that would look like to find that person, raise them up, and maybe do something different that BASIC has never done before in Mm. how do we actually empower churches. That next director piece is really vital for that. Um, And thirdly is is execute the strategic vision. There's a vision of seeing 100 new campuses reached on the East Coast. And so we're focused on Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York. So those are the five states that we're kind of looking at and praying about right now. Um, So that's kind of my role there, man. It's been amazing. There's also a great staff there, dude. I'm telling you, Basic, there's there's a few of them right now. More are coming. But Basic also just has an amazing staff that are killing it. They know the ins and outs of the admin stuff. And so I'm a blessed man, dude, because I got amazing teams around me. That's awesome, bro. It sounds like that's right up your alley, too, because I feel like you eat, sleep and breathe, raising up leaders and, you know, positioning, helping position people for for uh, for for kingdom, for ministry, uh, for revival. Um, I love it, man. It is what I mean. If if you want to know what Alex Sather is about, it's simply this multiplying mission. So yes. that's, what, that's what I kind of like, it comes down to my soul. It's like I was created for this sort of stuff. So whenever you give me an opportunity, and I really, I didn't take it because I thought it was a good idea. It's a horrible mm-hmm. idea. My wife was like, <laughs> it's a horrible idea. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, I feel like God's doing it. She's totally just in that. another full-time she, job. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Managing my wife's disappointment <laughs> and her husband. It's an experiment. We'll just, we'll just, we'll give Alex two full-time jobs that are like yeah, ministry, yeah. which, you know what I mean? There's not always clearly defined boundaries on that stuff anyway. Oh, dude, what are boundaries? And we'll just, you know, we'll dude, just what see what, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. 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 I'm waiting for it. Like it literally is what I, knowing that it's a two-year thing with basic two, that, that was really the thing I felt peace on. I felt the yeah. Lord say, you're not called to this long-term. You're called to this though, but for this season, you're going to do what you do best. And that really is to solve the mission, help things multiply and also raise up leaders. So I'm like super excited for, uh, 
what these next couple of years so are cool gonna, are gonna pump out man so cool man hey can i ask you kind of a weird question uh, well, you're on you're on my question. podcast, so you don't you can't yeah. really say no. But, um, <laughs> but uh, all right. So from my perspective, just kind of talking yeah. about raising up leaders and stuff like that, um, I feel like you're really practical for just from what I see in your content and the stuff that that you do. That the stuff that I see, which obviously I don't see a lot, but I see what's out there. I see what's out there on Facebook okay, and yeah. Insta and stuff like that. Um, I feel like you're really, really practical in your approach to ministry, to kingdom life, to raising up leaders. And I, I feel like that's a really big part of you. And I, and I, I think that, um, okay, so you'll talk about, as a lot of us do, you'll talk about, you know, stuff like purpose and vision and destiny yeah. and helping people come into that. But I, I, I love, because I feel like you have this practical approach where you're like, okay, purpose, check, vision, check destiny check but like what are we going to do about it now you know what i mean like let's go yeah. like oh, let's yeah. position people let's raise let's like actually raise you up let's actually put you in a position and i love the work that you do like with uh you know people of all ages but i know you work a lot with young people and stuff like that too yeah. and uh you know maybe now even more so with the college ministry um you know stuff going on now but do you ever feel like this is the question it took me a while to get there this is the question <laughs> uh do you ever feel like because again, I've, I've, you're, I know that you're so passionate about revival and reaching the unreached of the world yeah. and all of that. Do you ever feel like when you're raising people up, do you ever feel like, like this just isn't fast enough? Like you, <laughs> do you oh, ever God. sort of have that tension? Because I know, I know that there's this thing of we want to prepare people, we want to equip people, we want to do it. <laughs> but just, I just imagine that in your mind, there's just like, okay, yeah, these people need Jesus, but like we're here and we got to raise these people up and we got to do this. Like, is there a tension in your mind with stuff like that? Do you even understand the question I'm asking you? Yeah, bro. Um, I mean, okay. really, you're talking about timing. Yeah. And timing is everything. And so what where I come from is a as a visionary leader, I'm seeing the steps so stinking clear to get to where our end goal is, which is so stinking clear. Now, I need a lot of help administratively, like yourself, executive pastors, executive leaders can come around and say, Hey, let's actually start to massage this thing. Let's start to do some troubleshooting. Um, I need people to, to send emails, make phone calls, get things together, get, get documents together. But in my, in my internal metronome, that thing is like usually moving faster than I'm praying about God align me to your time. <laughs> yeah. So what can happen though, that I, I fall into is either you can get frustrated with people very, very quickly. So I want this to be done now and it's not being done now. In fact, they even that they haven't even thought about it or I gave it to them two weeks ago. They haven't thought about it. You know what I'm saying? I can allow sometimes frustrations with my own internal metronomes to project that on those around me. So for me, I have to um, constantly come before the Lord and say, God, I just ask that you would align. Like there's a, there's a heavenly metronome mm. that's keeping time. God, can you help me to get in sync with that? So instead of wow. putting pressure and cracking the whip at those around me to perform better, I put more pressure on myself to make sure that I'm in sync with what God's speaking. Mm. And I'm, I don't do it every team meeting that we have, especially in global. Um, I do it also with the basic staff, probably one time a month, two times a month. I'll just have us in, in a time of prayer and a time of whatever. I'll just say, God, I, help us to do the things that you want us to do. Yeah. If we're just executing things that I want to do, let that be far from us. All that's going to produce is like, if this is my vision to execute it in my strength, I'm going to eat the fruit of my own spirit. So if I'm trying to make something happen, the end result 
while it could be seen from the outside as awesome and cool and wow, look what Alex did, the internal mechanisms, bro, the method to get there was all me. And then I'm, I, I, I accomplished the goal and feel completely unfulfilled. Wow. So what I'm trying to do is as a, vis- a visionary leader leading multiple teams that are killing it, I'm saying, God, keep me on track with you. I don't want to get ahead of you. I don't want to lag behind you. I want to stay in that pocket. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my little leadership tip for my, that I do myself that could bless other people is like, if you're a visionary leader, you want to see things done now, we want to go reach the unreached. It's ultimately though saying God, but w- whatever way you want that to happen, however, the timing you want to see that happen. in, I fully submit mm. to that. So good. So good. And I, I know we've, we, you and I have had these conversations before too, just about making sure that as we're going through life and ministry, ministry is one of those things that it can, it can become so deceptive because you're constantly around, yeah. you know, Jesus and, you know, you're hearing yeah. the word of God and you're, and, and you're, you know, all these things. And, but when, when that is like your job, you know, there's, it it can become deceptive to the point of, you know, you can feel like you're really connected with God and you're really not, you know? And so just maintaining that, that, that openness of that, that lifestyle of worship and just being that lifestyle of walking in connection with the father and just being open to hearing his voice and receiving that direction from the Holy Spirit so that you're not just, yeah, because we can, we can just make all kinds of decisions and do stuff and just end up spinning our wheels because when God's, not going that way, there's a reason he's not going that way right then. You know what I mean? And so being in tune with God, being in tune with the heart of God for all of these little things, the little decisions, the big decisions, all of it, and just make, just, yeah. And that's definitely, uh, you know, it's a learning, it's a learning thing. It's a process, I think. Um, Uh, Our mutual friend and amazing leader, Andreas Speaker from Las Vegas says this, he says, the wine of ministry is intoxicating. Wow. And so when he, when, he, when he teaches that, what he says is, is like you can, you can do ministry and you can do leadership from memory and from muscle memory yeah. and from experience. And you don't have to lean in because when you go into a prayer meeting, when you go into a worship meeting, when you, you can feel God's presence and somehow the personal intimacy that sustains you becomes this corporate feeling of presence. Wow. And we're supposed to get both. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to go into God's presence as a church family. This is why I appreciate about legacy. You guys value the presence of God. You pray together. You lean in together. That's what I love about Elam Fellowship, our heritage yes. since the 1920s. It's like Elam is a we're, we're a revival family chasing God's presence all around the world. Andre Speaker said that quote is some of the fruit of that. Missionaries launching out from Elam to go all around the world. But it's so deceptive, man. This is why this is why thinking of Mary and Martha. Jesus had to say to her, Martha, Martha, you're, you're worried and troubled about many things. Yeah. And the thing was, is like she was serving Jesus. That was the problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she was serving Jesus. And if you would do an interview with Martha afterwards, she would be like, here I am trying to serve Jesus and love on him and, and do my best for him. And I just feel totally isolated and alone. And, and sometimes I talk to leaders and missionaries all around the world, Duke. And I hear a lot of that same verbiage. It's a lot of me, myself, mm. Jesus, why would you let this happen? And I, obviously every situation is different, but you can trace a lot of those situations back to here. Now we find at the end of working through all the things, we find someone who has drifted from that intimate place with the Lord. Yes. Where now the highs of ministry is what sustains them. 
Wow. Testimony sustain them. And testimony is not supposed to sustain you. Testimony is supposed to give you another level of wanting it more. Say, Come okay, on. God, do it again. Like, let's get after this. And so sadly, uh, it's like, you know, uh, Jeff Clark, a guy who is our, uh, at EBI with us, Pastor Jeff Clark said this, that ministry is like crack. He says that all the time when we were at Bible school. And I never knew what it meant. I'm like, that's wow. really weird. But now, now that I'm in it for now 15 years in missions, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because oh, that totally high, it. you chase that high. <laughs> You chase that next Friday night prayer meeting yeah. and everybody said, you know what I'm saying? You chase, you slowly drift that thing, man. So my prayers for me and you, Duke, and our ministries, anybody else, anybody else that's watching, listening right now, my prayer is that we, we recognize that shift and we come back to this place of in, in, in intimacy with God and connection with him. So good, man. There's, there's something that with the right mindset, that sort of high that you get, that, that sort of, that, that feeling can be good. In, in terms of, you know, if you maybe maybe you're maybe you're new or maybe you for whatever reason, maybe because of covid, you haven't been yeah. out there as much. Like I know we had an opportunity a uh, few couple months back. We just we went and ministered um, in a church. And uh, well, I was actually there with my senior pastor was ministering uh, in the church and we just kind of went there at, to be support, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, we didn't know, but at the end, we got an opportunity to minister prophetically to, to awesome. the congregation there, to a bunch of people. And, bro, like, just that, like, it, it, it felt so good because it was the first time that I had been in a church setting besides my own since oh, the beginning of COVID, oh. like, where, you know, face-to-face -face with people in a building. And it felt so good, man. And it just, it just kind of pumped me up for that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what this feels like, you know? And so there's something about it that can definitely kind of help to reposition you and sort of help you to have that encouragement. Just like you said, with a testimony, you're not supposed to live in a testimony, but what a testimony yeah. is supposed to do, it's supposed to sort of like it could build your faith, build your expectation, build your hope, build your anticipation for what God's going yes. to do next, because what God's done in the past, he'll do again. You know, the testimony yes. of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. Um, and, and so when we, when, when there's testimony of Jesus, of the goodness of God, then it's, it, it prophesies, you know, it says that, that what God's done before, he'll do it again. And yes. God's no respecter of persons. So what he's done in this person's life, he'll do it in my life as well. It won't look the same way because I'm, I'm different. I'm on a different path, but I can always count on the goodness and faithfulness of God. And so a testimony should sort of be that thing. That's almost like a stepping stone, I think, to that next thing and i i just i really That's believe there's something to be said about like being willing to put yourself in that place to take that next risk you know to That's to really not good. get comfortable where you are but to be willing to step outside of of your comfort zone you know uh, because god is always wanting to bring you to that next level and if yeah. you get really really comfortable staying where you are like you can be great you can have great ministry you can you know make great impact but just kind of you can really just, like you said, I, I love that you use that term muscle memory, where ministry just becomes, you know, normal and you get comfortable. There's nothing wrong with like getting getting used to it. Correct. But I do feel like God is always wanting us to come to that next level, you know, where we have to depend on him. We have to depend on his grace. And yes. it has to be about his presence. You know, like That's the really children right. of Israel, if you're like Moses, if your presence doesn't go with us, God, we're not going. Like, we're not going to go to that next place uh, unless your presence is there. You know, we're also not going to stay where we are 
if your presence is going somewhere else. And so it's kind of living in that tandem balance of so following the spirit and, and what Jesus is doing. Um, that's where life is, man. That's where adventure is. So that's so um, good. Well, man, I, I'm praying that the, the leaders that we invest in and raise up will have that heart, you know, cause it's like, we don't, we don't just need Christians to do Christian stuff. You know, it's like, we need, we need sons and daughters that have found that identity piece you're talking about that have that intimate, intimate intimacy piece with the Lord that aren't just running around because things are cool. And that looks like a good opportunity, yeah. but they're really like living in the place of like sonship, understanding who they are in Christ and then wanting to be not even just used in that way, but invested, figuring out like, God, what, what am I getting? Like there's, there's something in the American church, especially that we love to do this, like this journey with new believers of like, Hey, Jesus loves you. He's got a call in your life. What are your giftings? Cause then he wants to use you in that. Yeah. And that's like almost there. It's almost there. There's a piece that's missing at the end. Cause it's not, if life isn't about you discovering who you are, personality and gifting wise, and then just doing that is that he's calling you in a place of, yes, you need to figure out what your giftings are and your talents are and your personality profiles. But ultimately it's to invest in others. It's not so you feel fulfilled. It's so that you can reach others to feel fulfilled in Christ. Come on. And when the, the saddest thing in the world is like, it's like, um, it's like from the Incredibles. I'm not, I'm not sure if you see this, this is like a throwback, oh, yeah. bro. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to butcher this completely. The first Incredibles, when I guess that this might be a spoiler alert also. Okay. If you're listening right <laughs> spoiler now alert. And, and you've never seen Incredibles, first of all, shame on you. Yeah. You're probably it's been from like South 20 Jersey. years. I think you're probably from South Jersey. Okay. <laughs> you're probably from South Jersey. All, um, you can fast forward through this part, but there's a part where like the Incredibles are trying to be like normal people, but I guess everyone knows who they are. And the little kid rides on the bike and uh, you know, sees, sees the big macho guy there. And then uh, he gets out of his car and the kid's just waiting. And the, 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 the dad goes, what do you, what, what are you expecting? What do you want? And the kid goes something incredible, I guess. And he like, he looks all <laughs> let down and he rides away slowly. Yeah. And sometimes that's how it is. Like when you ask God to use you, then he uses you. Then you feel used. You're just wow. kind of like, Oh, okay. And that's why I see a lot of Christians right now are in that spot where it's like, I'm radically saved. I'm getting plugged in addictions are breaking off my life. Relationships are being restored. I'm discovering my gifts of where I can serve. And then I serve and that's it. They never get to the place of making and investing and deciding. Because when you give away what you have, God always gives you more. So people are at this like dam, not another swear word, like an actual (laughs) dam, D-A-M. We were just at uh, Letchworth State Park with my in-laws and there's 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 a massive dam there to control the water flow. Yeah, and I feel a dude. lot of people in the body of Christ are at that dam. And they're like, they know there's more, they want more, but the way that bro, the way they go about getting more is by trying to get more, not realizing giving away what's already been given to you clears the spot, clears the spot for more. Like why would ever, why would God ever want to give someone more who is a hoarder when he knows if I give this person more, it's not going to bless my people. When I give this person, I'm going on a tangent. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe that's what it. this is about today, dude. Do it. Like, why would I give this person more if he's only going to use it or she's going to use it to bless herself? God's looking for a generous people. God's looking for a people who have encountered the real gospel, which is completely scandalous, completely does not make sense in your mind when you understand the gospel, the beautiful message of grace, 
He wants those people to be radical givers and radical sowers. And once you start doing that, you kind of break through that dam. That's where the journey of, of Christianity gets to the spot where it's like, I want to, I want to be used by God. And that's awesome. I pray every believer becomes yeah. active. Yeah. But then it's how do you become active? Is it about using your giftings or is it about investing your giftings? And I wow. think, bro, right now, post not we're not post COVID, but we're kind of after, after navigating this for a year. I'm talking about the global church all over the world. We're coming, we're coming to grips with that concept of like, what will we do now? Now that we've been through a global pandemic, a lot of things are still happening because of COVID and churches and meeting and whatnot. But what are we going to do now in this moment that God has set us up for? Oh man, Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna post my Venmo in the comments soon. Yeah, come on, we need to get an offering going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not for me, for that dude. So I can invest in Bitcoin, not use yes. your money, invest your money. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, thanks for reminding me. I gotta check my uh, Doge real quick. Oh no, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, bro, you know where Doge was invented? <laughs> South Jersey. I'm joking. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, just all kinds of people investing in ham sandwiches. Isn't that um, crazy, bro? It's nuts. People, Dogecoin is like, here, can I get real though for a second? Being a guy in missions, I'm actually raising support for my basic role. Like they actually offered me money. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to use that money for something else. I'm going to raise support. Wow. So what I love about right now is that there's people in their 20s and 30s that maybe they don't have a Roth IRA. You know, Dave Ramsey has a tear going down his face because they don't have a Roth. But here's the thing. A lot of young people are getting involved in crypto. And if crypto goes to where I think it's going to go, where a lot of people, I'm not, I'm not in the crypto sure. world deep, but it's like, sure. we're even experts and people that are in it. I, I think there's going to be a lot of young people and young families that will have investments in cryptocurrency that I think will actually impact the kingdom. So I think yeah. it's like, it, honestly, with Elon Fellowship, but also basic, I'm starting to sound the alarm a little bit saying, hey guys, we got to be thinking about get people giving to nonprofits via crypto because it's like if we don't we're going to miss a moment because a lot of people are going to want to sow into something to see the kingdom further so i know i know it's the mark of the beast i know it's the one world it's currency, the mark of the beast i'm i'm diving in i'm diving in man i'm yeah man i'm there i'm there with you um just uh yeah again i'm not super deep in it but um i'm really surprised because because as i've been kind of getting into that world as well i've i'm i'm surprised how many people i know that I didn't even realize we're, we're into, we're into crypto and that have been investing in crypto for, for some time. Um, it's crazy. It is. I, I think that that's important. Um, you know, uh, like what you're saying about, uh, just, just even, even on a very surface level, being aware of the moment that we're in, being aware of just sort of that shift in, in culture, even the whole thing going on right now with like the advent of NFTs and all this stuff and just kind of, yeah. uh, I think it's important just, just again, in general, even if it's not even like you don't want to get into it at all, just kind of being aware of that because it's social currency is going to be a real thing, you know, that's right, um, yeah. and, and everything that's, uh, it's just, it's a culture shift. I think that we're in the middle of right now. Um, yeah. And Man, I love what you were saying a minute ago, the the whole perspective um, on like if we could help people. Yeah, I want to say young ministers, but all everybody um, develop just a deeper understanding of their identity. Um, yes. First of all, uh, of who they are in Christ, and that ministry flows out of that, you know, um, world changing flows out of that flows out of that place of identity 
And when it starts from the place of I have to do, I have to perform, I have to, you know, the, 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 I'm only valuable to God to the extent that I'm working for God. I think you mentioned it a minute ago, you know, the difference between the, the Mary and the Martha. You know, Mary recognizing that the most important place that she could be was at the feet of Jesus because yes. he, was, he loved her and she was in love with him. And, you know, Martha basically finding, seemingly anyway, finding her value from what she was doing, you know. And when we find in ministry, when we find our value based on what we're doing or how much we can do, we only have so much capacity for how we can how we can do. And then sometimes when we do, it doesn't work out. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't meet our expectations or the expectations of others. And that's where I think burnout comes from, man. It, it comes from having misaligned priorities. It comes from yes. um, having like wrapping up your identity and your value as a person in the stuff that you're doing for God or what, even if we're not talking about ministry, we're talking about business or whatever, but wrapping up who you are and your worth and your, your value in that stuff, you know, in, in, um, yeah, in what you do, um, or how much you can perform or whatever. And recognizing that, like, I think if we could shift the perspective to, Hey, we, we're not doing, we're not doing ministry. We're not, we're not, whether it's missions or whatever it is, we're not doing ministry because God wants to use us. We're doing this because we get to partner with the heart of God because he loves us so much, you know? So when it flows again from that place of, of oneness with, with our creator and that intimacy with him, um, it just ends up being so much, so much more healthy. I think that's where longevity in ministry comes from and, and all of that. Um, Hundred percent. So yeah, ministry, stoked that you said that. Ministry and, and serving the church mm-hmm. will just kick the crap out of you. Can I say the c word here? Crap. You can say because crap. Will, and so if you if you get your identity and value from ministry type things, you just constantly have to stay. You 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 will get beat down so much. You will get so many emails. You'll get so many DMs. You'll have so many people that you actually disappoint. For real. It creates this like. Uh, what's the what's the uh, is it Gollum from not Harry Potter? Lord help me. Uh, Lord of the Rings. What's yeah. it? Lord of the Rings, man. Yeah. yeah, like it creates this. It creates this. Uh, um, Harry Potter's demonic. We shouldn't watch that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's Um, like it creates this Gollum type internal mechanism in people that they're just like fixated on ministry. Why? Because if I do a good job, people tell me I do a good job, and then I feel good, and then blah blah. blah. Instead of being like, no, 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 no. God, if you've called me to this, if you said, my son, my daughter, do this and commit to it, I find my value in you. And then everything that flows out of it, like you're saying, Duke, is like everything that flows out of that is like awesome. Because if it goes great, if it doesn't go great, it's okay because God has called me. We're moving forward. I'll learn from it. I was just talking to a young a young man that I'm ministering. He's a pastor out in Michigan. And uh, I was teaching him. I was role playing with him on the phone about how to talk to someone that's coming after you. Wow. And like, it's just like drilling you and telling you all these things wrong. So I literally, I said, okay, you be the, you be the naughty person and I'm going to be you in that moment. And I'm actually going to train you and how to, with humility, um, love that person, honor that person, hear what they're saying, make them feel heard, but not make them like the goal of a person who is agitated. Their subliminal goal is to also make you feel agitated. So I was teaching him of like, dude, if you do that, now something, something now you're on a road that is not good. 
because then the only way to become unagitated is to unagitate that person. Well, wow. you, you become you become like a slave to your surroundings of making sure everyone's okay. So I was training them like, dude, this is how you need to talk to that person. This is how you need to set boundaries. And this is how you need to not let what that person's saying affect your soul because your soul is so important as a leader. Mm. And if that thing comes in and touches you on an identity, now I'm a bad pastor, I'm a whatever. If that touches there, dude, that's going to produce weird fruit, bro. Wow. It's going to produce weird fruit of then you trying to please people. And God's not looking for leaders that are pleasing people. He's looking for leaders that are going to want to please him and lay down their lives for him, dude. So in missions, wow. man, there's, there's 15 plus thousand unreached people groups, bro. We want to, we want, as Elam Fellowship, we want to send teams of young people and families and seasoned saints and retirees. And we want to send all over the 1040 window, the least reached places of the world. But I refuse to simply send people because one, they want to go, or two, they think it's a good idea, or yeah. three, I think it's a good idea. Wow. Come I, on. I want to send people that are truly, truly called. There's been a sobriety in their life where the, the sexiness of missions has faded. And there's the reality of we're about to give our lives to the city. We're about to give our lives to these people. And when that sobriety comes over you, now there's some roots that can go deep in your identity. Wow, come on. So now like when you get over there and everything sucks, which it will. Can I say sucks? I'm you saying, can say I'm saying sucks. a lot of naughty words, dude. All right. Crap, crap, sucks crap is okay and sucks. And damn when it's the D-A-M word. D-A-M. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say all those words. But it's like, dude, I just, I, the last thing we need in missions are just Christians with a passport that want to do something. It's like, no, we really need sons and daughters that know they're called, know their assignment. And that way, that way, whatever happens on the field, dude, I knew someone who worked in Western China for like 12 years and didn't see like anyone saved 12 years, almost zero wow. fruit. So if, if that person was going over there thinking this is going to be fun, are you kidding me? That's like. That's like terrifying. Yeah. It's like everyone's worse, but they were called. God had a purpose on their life. They were sober in their calling and they put down roots saying, God, it doesn't matter what happens around us. Of course, we're believing for fruit, but God, that's not why we're going to stay here. We're going to stay here because you truly called us. And wow. I wonder in this hour, man, a lot of pastors, I'm talking to our, our U.S. Um, our U.S. ministries director. His name is Joe Jansen, our president at Elam, Chris Ball. Um, yeah, man. A lot of pastors here in the States, man, they're feeling the fatigue. They're feeling the, I just grind, I just grinded out the craziest year of my life. Finances dipped. People lost their lives in our congregation. People left. People still haven't come back from doing online services. So what a, what a great time, bro. Like coming into this summer also to like challenge pastors and leaders and anyone in ministry to say, Hey, don't try to focus this year, the rest of this year in 2021, about trying to produce more. Yeah. You, take, take a Selah moment. Take a pause and say, okay, God, can you sober me again in my calling? Because if, if all I'm doing is running on my own fumes, my own victories, we talked about this testimonies, I'm, I'm running from high to high, you're eventually just going to burn out. And so I would just challenge anybody right now and encourage you. Um, find those, dude, there's so many places that offer ministers free stays. They're like weekend cabins. There's like amazing places where you can actually check out of the game, give, you know, let someone else preach this week, let someone else lead the meeting or just cancel it, whatever you're going to do, get out, find some Sabbath rest, take care of your soul. Um, Cause I would imagine you're getting dinged from all these different places. I would imagine somewhere along the line, 
you do start to transfer some of your worth to are people happy around me? Do they think yeah. I'm doing the right thing? Yeah. Dude, take some Salem. Don't go to South Jersey, but you know, find Not someone yet. nice. None of those cabins are in South Jersey, I promise you. (laughs) Find two or three days, man, and just be with the Lord. And while I'm telling you, bro, all that sediment that's at the top will kind of go to the bottom. It'll start to settle. The Lord will come in with his refiner's fire scoop like he does. He'll he'll just start to renew you a little bit in this season. It's been so intense, man. That's so crazy. That's so key Um, because, yeah, man, like, so for example, that person that you were talking about that had to be in that place for such a long time and establishing those roots before they started seeing the fruitfulness of ministry. We've yeah. been talking, I've been talking a lot lately. Um, we're raising up some, um, some, some leaders and uh, I've been talking a lot lately about the importance of understanding uh, who you are, what your assignment is, what your purpose is, you know, your, even your understanding of ministry, your philosophy of ministry, like all these kind of things. It's, it's important to, to understand because like you said like if you get into that if you get into that place where you're not seeing the fruitfulness right away where you're not seeing the fruitfulness as quickly as you thought you would if you don't have anything like you sort of need that established within yourself to kind of fall back on like hold on a second I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here because God called me, not just because I thought this was a good idea, but I'm here because this is what God said to do. And so I can focus on on that. I can take that as a promise because God's not going to lead you to do something that's not that that's without purpose, right? That's so and so you can you can stand on that when you have a rhema from God to stand on. That's where, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, by the rhema of God. Um, you know, we live by every word, every rhema that proceeds out yeah. of the mouth of God. And so when the conflict comes, when the struggle comes, when the lies of the enemy come, when the circumstances, when you're broke, when, you, you know, these different things that happen, when COVID hits, well, like all these different things that can, that can, that can happen in life. When you, when you have that, that stable, firm foundation of this is what God said. And so even yeah. though it doesn't look like it right now, I'm not going through life. I'm not pursuing ministry based on what I see, but based on what I don't see. So, you know, um, second Corinthians four eighteen, looking not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. And, and every word of God, you can stand on that word of God. You can stand on that word of God and be firm and secure in the fact that if he called you that, there's purpose behind it and that he's going to bring about that fruitfulness as long as you stay faithful. Um, That's so good. I, um, I wanted to ask you, man, uh, I don't know if this is changing gears or not, but um, this past year has obviously been nuts. It's been, it's been crazy. It's been, um, you know, something very unique in our lifetime. Um, How has this past year with COVID and the way that, you know, I'm sure there've been a bunch of adjustments made and things like that. How has it kind of reshaped the way that you all have, have done ministry and missions and the way that you've been empowering leaders and all that? How has that kind of changed and been reshaped over this past year? That's a great question. Um, to me, I see it in numerous ways. Some of the, some of the top ones, especially for my, my stuff as a missions director, obviously borders being closed, um, we had a couple families that couldn't be in the country where they serve for an entire year plus. They've been out of that country. Wow. In another country near where they want to serve, 
just living there. They have kids. One of them had one of these families actually had a baby in that country. It was just like it was just like total absolute chaos. Wow. And um, so the displacement of missionaries all around the world, but also the borders closing for missionaries all around the world. We just have some fatigued families and people mm. that are just been, you know, usually they come on a furlough during this past last summer. They weren't able to come back for that. And so it, it's like, man, it just, we have fatigued families all around the world. So to me, it's, it's been less about getting my team oriented in, hey, how, I, I shared this a little bit before. Hey, how do we get everyone, all our missionaries all around the world to produce better, to take advantage of this moment? We put less uh, effort into that, even though it's still the vision. Hey, God set us up for this moment. He's not confused. He's sovereign. He can use this thing to see revival come. And I, I think we're in the middle of it. But we put it more towards care and, and Sabbath and soul. So we said is, hey, we just have people all around the world that they're just killing it. They're, 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 they can't come home right now. It's not maybe the most restful time where they're serving. How can we provide resources and moments for them to take care of themselves? So we did um, e-courses. E we did uh, huddles, which is, was the Elam Fellowship mechanism, which is an online community that um, you meet together and you talk through specific things. We actually did a, uh, one of our Elam key leaders, his name is Bob Santos, wrote a book on Sabbath. So we asked him to do a small group with our missionaries that wanted cool. to be in on that. So we just started thinking through, we did a young marrieds and older marrieds small group. We just started thinking through it a lot for our missionaries all around the world. How do we help them just take care of themselves? Because what I want more than anything is for them to last. So I think, bro, for me, especially how I'm wired, I'm such a doer first I'm such a, I'm more on the producer side. What are we going to do? How is it going to grow? So for that, it's been a big shift in my own life of leadership is thinking through, okay, we still need people to be fruitful. We still need people to be faithful. Yeah. But the most important thing I need to do during this season is just to make sure that they're okay. How's your soul? That's what Judah Smith asked all the time. Uh, pastor out from Seattle. It's just like, yeah. we got to make sure that people's insides are doing okay. They're oriented right. And then I would say the second thing, bro, I would say is that I think what COVID did, and this could be a hot take, I could get fried for this. I think what COVID <laughs> did is it didn't complicate church dynamics here in the States. It exposed them. And what do I mean? Yes. By I mean this. 100%. It's like a lot of pastors realized when the church, when the church doors were shut, a lot of their ministry was shut. A lot of their discipleship was shut. A lot of their growing leaders would shut. And those, those things, those, those amazing callings and purposes of, of local churches was never meant to be in a building. It's supposed to be in the, the, the ecosystem of a church. It's supposed to be happening. Like if your door is shut and then you can't make disciples, it's like, well, what were you doing before? It's like, you were just, you know, I'm not sure what you were doing before, but making disciples needs to transcend a, a four walled thing with a steeple. It needs to come into our everyday life. And so I'm not throwing shade on pastors. I'm just saying, a lot of pastors had to face their current reality, which was how do we make this Sunday morning production amazing? They had to face that and be like, okay, if that's where all our, if all our eggs are in that basket and then discipleship exists in that atmosphere, if discipleship exists in that realm, obviously we need to figure out a way to do it. And so what I saw bro a lot was amazing is I saw a lot of pastors and missionaries pivot into online small groups yeah. Um, a lot more breaking bread around the table and think un, like almost like unthinking or unlearning 
that things have to happen around a service in a church building. And we call that discipleship more like we need to break bread and move forward. So for me personally, man, I feel like, like making disciples is one of the biggest things that I feel in my own personal life, but also I see in the body of Christ that we have a tremendous opportunity, but that thing was like, just thrown on the table. Like, okay, if everything shuts down, if, if everything is closed, can we still make disciples? The, the question, the, the answer to that should always be yes, but we were just brought through an incredible season where that was challenged and poked at in a myriad of ways. It's so funny how you'll get stuck with, you know, whatever limitations you put on yourself and think that, yeah. you know, we can't, we can't do this or we can't do ministry this way. We can't do life this way. We can't do business this way. But then when your back's up against the wall and you don't have a choice, it's amazing what comes <laughs> out of that, you know? <laughs> and, yes. and, uh, uh, I don't buy any means believe that God had anything to do with coronavirus. Um, Correct. I, I personally, I believe that all sickness is, um, is, is demonically rooted. Uh, I don't think that God makes us sick to teach us things or to challenge. Yes. Like, I don't think that that's the nature and the character of God. I'm with you hundred percent, but he's so good. And he's such a redeemer that every single time he will take what the enemy intends for evil and he'll, yes. turn, and he'll use it for good. And so it's it's hard to even say that because so so many bad things have happened this year because of covid and so i want i want people to i don't want anyone to think i'm or i'm not trying to be insensitive in any way no but you're, you're fine but it did it did cause the the church and ministries around the world to really uh evaluate and to take steps that i th that i think um are going to cause us to have a stronger foundation you know going forward 100%. and like it was, it was amazing. Like those first few weeks, I remember because we, we were not as a church, we were not live streaming prior to COVID. We okay, were talking, yep. we were talking about it. Uh, we had talked about it for years, a couple of years actually. And, uh, <laughs> and we just kept not doing it. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, we have to do this now. Yeah, and it was man. amazing what we thought was going to be difficult and everything else. Like we had a week to figure it out and we just figured it out. You know, like we just, we just, we just did it. But what was amazing was like the the bandwidth of uh, I don't know if bandwidth is the right word, but the like Facebook was having trouble with live streams on Sunday mornings yes, at the beginning because so many churches now were live streaming that were not live streaming before, and it just made me think like hold on like this is obviously a really terrible thing that's going on in the world, yep. but in the midst of it, God is at, there, there's actually something that's happening where the word of God is actually being broadcast uh, on a yes. grand scale like never before, not just within the four walls of a church, but, you know, out there. I think the danger of it is that, you know, some people probably got lazy with it and people that got used to not going to church and just kind of doing the online church now that they have an opportunity to go to church or yeah. depending on where they live, maybe that opportunity hasn't opened up yet, but it will. I think some people are going to, well, this is, this is better. This is more comfortable. This feels better this way. I'll just stay home. So I think there's a little bit of a, you know, of a, of a, of a downside to that, 100%. you know, possibly, but, um, but man, just, the 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 steps that were taken to to expand in this past year yeah. um have just been have just been crazy i mean of course not everybody jumped on that train <laughs> um Correct. some yeah. some people some people just completely missed it um and unfortunately you know i mean i don't even know i don't i don't have the numbers i think i used to have the numbers earlier on in the pandemic like how many churches actually had to 
shut down and close their doors and wow. all of that. Um, it's um, it's pretty crazy. It's it's pretty sobering, but um, yeah, I think that even in terms of a lot of the practicality of doing ministry. So for someone like you and with Elam Fellowship and the communication and the different things that are that are done all all around the world. And maybe to an extent, you guys were already doing this or you already realized mm-hmm. this, but I would imagine that probably like never before you realized that, hold on, like we can we can have an impact by creating like digital content. We can have yes. we can have an impact by putting this course together and by, you know, setting up these small groups via yes. Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Um, I imagine you're on like tons of video calls and all Too that kind of stuff right? to, to imagine. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, here's the deal, bro. Like Elam Fellowship, we've been around since 1933. Elam Baba's College, where we went to school, Duke, where we met, that started in 1924. Like Elam has never been, Elam has never been about creating resources of like, like, oh yeah, we're your go-to for financial resources. It's like, no, we don't, we don't. Mm-hmm. Yes, do we have money that comes through? Of course we do. We invest it in the kingdom. We sure. see stuff grow all around the world. But it's like, we're not like some sort of cash cow. That's not who we are. And also, like, there are Elam people that write books, like Bob Sorge, like uh, Bob Santos, my friend, so many other people that leaders and people in our movement write books, and they're amazing. But that's also not what we are. We're not like a, a resource content creation leadership thing. I think the thing that um, Andy Stanley leads, I forget the name of it, but, like, they're kind of like a leadership resource content machine. Yeah. Like, that's not who we are either. And so I tell people all the time, I'm like, our resource is people. Like, that's who we are. It's like when Sylvia Evans rolls through or Paul Johansson rolls through or Eric Peoples or Gary Ham or Jody and myself or Pastor Chris and Carol, when we roll through your, your town or where we pull up, that's what Elon Fellowship is. It's a fellowship. It's, it's that. But when we weren't able to do that, because that's our greatest strength is the relationship and sitting down with leaders and hanging out and connecting and helping them grow and face problems. Um, when we weren't able to do that, we said, okay, we do need to pivot and not go all the way this way where now we have like 10 right. people doing content creation. But we said, no, we have to do something different than we've ever done before. And so, bro, I'm telling you, man, the amount of videos, content, podcasts, video casts, um, interviews, online huddles and online trainings that we've done in the past 12 months, probably that like cumulative more yeah. than Elon Fellowship's entire 90 ever. years of history <laughs> combined, bro. Yeah, it's like the amount of stuff on a weekly basis every team was pumping out was unreal, and it, but we were pivoting. We were saying, okay, God, uh, just like you said, bro, God did not create this. God is not bringing getting any joy from this thing of COVID. Mm. Um, there's 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 a social justice racial conversation happening that has everyone losing their mind, and it's yes. like we had to realize, okay, God, you're not surprised by any of these things, but you're setting us up for this moment. How do we make sure that we don't miss this moment? How do we make sure that we like have the, the internal perspective of God we're created for this? Like if there's any time for the church to shine, it's right now. Help us to not like hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Mm. Yeah. And for people that got caught up in the political stuff, I feel so bad for them because they missed a, they missed a moment for the people that get caught up in all the COVID stuff, whether it's wrong, whether it's right, whether you're a vaxxer, whether you're a non-vaxxer, whether you're a half-vaxxer, whether it is the mark of the beast, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But if you're getting caught, those are fine conversations to have on their own, bro. But mm-hmm. if you're getting caught up in that, you're missing a moment. Yeah. Now it's not about the kingdom expanding and multiplying. You've made it about yourself and your own agenda. And so as Elon Fellowship, man, we, had, we got some people, we, we, we did some amazing focus, three-month focus 
on the racial reconciliation conversation. Wow. We said we are going to – it's one of our core values, man, is a fellowship. So yes. Racial reconciliation. And we got some flack from that from people. But we said, God, what are you speaking to us? We don't want to miss this moment. There's a, there's a generation of young people that are seeing Black Lives Matter and social all around them, online, on TV. They're, they're, they're getting inundated with all these things. How do we bring a kingdom perspective to this really, really important matter? Come on. We don't want to miss this moment. And I would say in the COVID, the same thing, bro. It was like there's a million different things happening in missions here in the States. We just had to really solidify in ourselves, God, what are you speaking to us? How do we do that and do it well? How do we make sure the resources and the content and the things that we're going to do are going to be really well and speak to these current issues? But lastly, help us to just not uh, be fearful. Help us to not hide, hide the things you're asking us to do for the sake of what if. What if people don't like it? What if you don't know? God, you've spoken to us. You've created us for this moment. How do we step out in that boldness and and like I forget what the quote is. It was someone someone posted it online or sent an email about it earlier on. Something about like a, a fearful world needs a fearless church. I don't know what it is. A brave church. Something in that yeah. regard. That yeah. was the gauntlet, bro. The world's in total chaos, total yes. disarray. Everyone, everyone's been affected by this in some way, shape, or form. They're looking for the bride of Christ to step up in this hour and to show up. And to bear the true gospel, you know, come on, Venmo we... Alex Sider eighty two. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Was it PayPal dot dot com slash Alex Sider slash Sidler? Uh, yeah, it's, you could. Uh, he he accepts Dogecoin and uh... I actually only accept Dogecoin. <laughs> only Dogecoin. <laughs> Did you see Elon Musk was on SNL, dude? Yeah, man, I didnn't see it, uh, but I knew it oh, was yeah. happening. I yeah. saw some clips of it. I was like, that is extremely horrible. And I hope Dogecoin prospers, man. And then the kingdom will prosper. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had a feeling Do it, it actually, it, it kind of tanked quite a bit right after that, but then it started going back up, you know, come on, Lord, only you can do it, Lord. But <laughs> See, man, this is our, bro, this is our moment. This is our moment, dude. If, if, if the church does not think if the church is overwhelmed, then that means we're using man-made solutions to solve a supernatural problem. Wow. Like we're, 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 we're stockpiling natural resources for like revival when revival is a supernatural explosion of God's goodness, grace, and love and really true heart for the world. It's not like God wakes up one day and goes, Oh yeah, revival. Yeah, we should do that. No, no, he, that's <laughs> what he desires. He's yeah. going for that. He wants to move. It's a matter of, will we as the church have our antennas up? Will be, will we be aware of what God's doing and actually align to that? So it's our moment, man. Come on, baby. We, we actually, we just went through a teaching. I don't think we're done with, no, we're not done with it yet, uh, but okay. we've been uh, a couple weeks on it, a few weeks on it. We've been on this teaching actually about shifting the atmosphere. Oh, and, I like that. And, and uh, just something that you were talking about just reminded me of that. And there's, there's something, something that happens when the world is going this way, whether we're talking about the world, like the world, is, yep. that's, that's grand scale, right? But, but even if it's, if everybody in the room is going this way, when you sort of begin to move in the opposite spirit of that place, whether it's everybody's complaining, everybody's grumbling, everybody's confused, everybody's concerned, they're fearful. Yeah. When you take it upon yourself to get the to to understand, okay, God, what are you doing right now? Like What's this, on your yeah. heart right now? I like and, this. And and you basically you respond that way. Because when everybody else is responding in a negative sense, again, whether it's fear or confusion, whatever it is, when everybody's responding that way, 
the person or the organization or the church or the group of people or whatever whatever it is, when you recognize what God is doing and what the moment actually needs so and good. you're willing to respond differently, you have automatic authority in that space Ooh. that you're in because you have you have the ability to influence decisions you have the ability to influence people to influence culture to influence again like whatever the context that you're that you're in if it's a room of three people or if it's a city you know like you can have that impact i think that's why um i, I can't remember who it was this is actually from um, a message from from elam i, I think it might have been a president's chapel uh, i remember Ooh. it was in egc from like years and years ago i believe it was paul johansson but i i could of be course wrong it so was. All, it, all yeah we'll just we'll just assume them. we'll just assume it was paul johansson <laughs> um but it was like this thing about um basically they they used um an example like an illustration of uh you know they, they talk about how they would show diamonds um basically putting them against this black backdrop you know they'd put like like a lot of times that's that's kind of common like yeah. if somebody wanted to show even on ebay you know stuff like that you want to show like i'm selling this wedding ring and it's you know this many carrots and whatever you'll sh you'll show that thing against something dark because against the dark backdrop that thing can really shine and you really see the brilliance and the luminance of it and i just really believe that, that that's what the church that 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 the church is supposed to be in this season, it's against the black, the the, the dark backdrop of yeah. whether it's COVID, whether it's cancel culture, whether it's, yeah. you know, the racial, um, uh, you know, unrest and the injustice yeah. and, you know, whatever it is that like up against that, when the church doesn't fall prey to that, doesn't fall into so it, good. but be but begins to understand, OK, God, what are you doing? What are you saying in this season? recognizing that we have a role, we have an assignment in the midst of it, and actually go in the opposite direction based on what the Spirit of God is saying, based on what the Spirit of God is doing. You know, yeah. you said tuning in, tapping in, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit yeah. is saying. And just kind of like being, you'll shine even brighter. You know, the God's people, and it's not about God's people shining, it's about God shining. But um, so, someone said this to me, like, so, someone, uh, Shoot, I don't want to butcher it. Um, you can stare at a dim light bulb. Like, like the, the dimmer a light bulb is, you can see it. I like that. But, but the brighter that light bulb gets, it gets to the point where you can't see the bulb anymore. The bulb disappears, and all you see is the brightness. And, and I think I like that, that that's such a picture of the glory of God. It's all about God. It's all about Jesus. It's about him becoming famous, not us becoming famous. It's about his glory being revealed. Yes. But like... He's put us in this position that we can't deny that he's given us the, this, this privilege, this responsibility, this whatever you want to call it, to, on, yeah. to make him known, to shine the brilliance of the glory of God um, here on the earth. And that's, that's what so the church good, is supposed to do, to point people to Jesus. And regardless of you know how bad everything is, when things are bad, it's an opportunity to yes. even more put the glory of God on display. 100%, bro. You know? I think we're on the same page. Probably. And are we Are we going to Joe Rogan this? Or we have three more hours or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That that dude's a beast. He's he's a freak. I mean, it's all he does. He got a $100 million deal. He's good. Yours is coming, by yeah. the way. $100 million yeah. doge. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not, I, I, I'd call this, this is the half Rogan. This isn't the full Rogan yet. Cause we're, we're video conference. We're <laughs> not in studio, bro. but the eventually I'd bro. like to, I'd like to go full Rogan eventually. 
Oh, dude, um, I would be behind that, man. You know, I'd throw some Dogecoin into that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it, man. What do you got going the rest of the day? Working? Uh, my wife's texting me. I'm hungry. So I probably, she was upstairs. She's not feeling too well. She got uh, her second vaccination shot. I know scandal. What are these Christians doing with this vaccination? You took the, you took the, the mark. The reason I got it is because we want to travel overseas, man. I know, man. I know. I, I already know. had COVID. I don't care. It's like, whatever. I just want to, I want to go to Asia. I want to go somewhere yeah, and not man. have to quarantine for 18 years. So, um, dude, I forgot you little, had COVID. She's feeling some effects of that. And I'm in our kitchen. So she just keeps on texting me hungry, hungry, hungry. <laughs> man. If, if you, if you want to, if you want to go make some PB and J or something while we're talking, uh, no, we, we oh, can, yeah, we man. can start wrapping this up, but, uh, I, I forgot that you, uh, had COVID. Was it, did you have it? Um, did you I have symptoms? Was it bad? Yeah, it was, I had, I think I, it was like whatever the medium symptoms were, it wasn't severe. I didn't have to go to the hospital and some people had, it. they're like, oh yeah, my, my throat felt scratchy, but I was kind of in the middle. So it took me out for about four to five days, hardcore. Gotcha. And I just had the lingering effects on either side of that. So lost the smell, lost the taste. That was sad. Everything kind of tasted like a uh, tinny and like oh, yeah. really salty. It was a strange place to be in. So remind me a lot of a place. South Jersey. Yeah, man. Just wondering, oh. like, God, will I ever get out of here? Like, you know, like, help me, Lord. Um, but yeah, I'm good, man. Family's good. Um, and I'm believing that. Uh, I'm telling you what, man, the the opportunity that we're going to have in missions, well, once this stuff all clears up and starts to go away, the opportunity we're going to have is amazing. Dude, we've had more. Here, check this out. For Elon Fellowship, we've had more missionaries join in this COVID era of 2020, like in the past 12 months, we've had more missionaries join Elon Fellowship than multiple years combined in our history. Like for, if you took the year 2016 to 2018, added all the missionaries together, we've sent and added more missionaries in this past year. It's just wow. like, what is that? So in my, my mind's, I'm just trying to, that's why I'm trying to say, we have to listen to what the Lord's speaking and just do it and go yes. what he's saying. Because it's like, I would, I would, be, I would my, my initial thing is like, oh, everyone's going to shrink back. No one's going to want to travel. No one's going to want to do, no, everyone's going to be kind of cautious. No, man, God is raising up some amazing fam. We've been praying for families. God's sending families. We've been praying for young people in their twenties, seasoned saints. We're seeing God send all sorts of people in this hour to go to the least reached places of the world. And it's like absolutely insane. So I, I see on. that even as we come out of this, I just see an Im amazing harvest of workers that are going to be going to the, to the nation. So I'm super stoked for that, man. So good, man. So good. It's going to be crazy. Yes, brother. Um, any, uh, is there, there anything, um, anything else that you wanted to, to hit at or, um, no, I just, I love you a lot. You're amazing. You too, I'm glad man. you're doing this podcast. I'm excited for the, the other leaders that are going to be jumping on this thing. And I pray that this thing multiplies and causes people to, you know, we talked about a lot of things today, but uh, I hope that some of these things we talked through really do hit them right in the heart and they, they align themselves to some of these kingdom princes we were talking about. But I really, it's an honor, bro, to be with you as always. And uh, so to see your face again sometime soon, man, maybe on the Simple Power podcast, unless I'm banned from that, but still. You are shadow banned. No. From, that last, <laughs> from that last episode, it got too wild. It got too crazy. No, no. <laughs> Th those were I actually go back every once in a while and listen to them again, man, because I loved oh, it. They were I, good, man. I don't know I what love we talked about, but I love them. They were my favorite. Yeah, time. yeah, it was. Um, they were good. So here's the thing: the reason I transitioned into this uh, format for podcast is because yeah. 
I wanted to have more conversations. This is going to be all conversations and interviews. This is not going to be. So basically, I moved to the point where the um, the Simple Power podcast at this point is pretty much just me doing sort of like shorter little teaching oh. nuggets. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for the Simple you. Power podcast. Just get to point. get to episode 100, bro. But you that's can what, be a, that's, that's the goal in front of you. You can come back here anytime you want. Okay. Hey, guess what? Uh, guess who my guest is on Thursday? Can I guess? Guess. Um, it's not Joel Osteen. It's not Joel, Joel Osteen. Osteen. <laughs> it's not Joel Osteen. He's, is it Denise? He's, he's, is ne- it he's next week. Uh, is it Denise? Uh, nope. Nope. I'm going to have Denise on maybe later in the month. Um, no, right. Kevin Cook, man. You, call, you, call, you called it out and we connected. And then um, I actually had... Uh, Kevin's a wild man. My regular... Uh, the, the person I had scheduled for Thursday had to reschedule. And um, Kevin Cook, man, came through in a pinch. Kevin's so going to kill I'm it. stoked, man. His, his ministry, Lasting Impact, I'm on, the, I'm on the board of that, bro. It is wild. Yeah. They're seeing missionaries, pastors, and leaders get restored and refueled and empowered in such an amazing way. Can't wait, man. Cannot wait. Yeah. You set that up. So, so thank you. Praise Um, God. Well, that'll, that'll count as my next one. I'll just keep on hooking you up with people. Yeah. Let's do that. (laughs) Let's do that. Uh, all right. Don't forget to send your Dogecoin to Alex Seidler, paypal.alexseidler.paypal.com. I think that's what it was. Doge, <laughs> like that. Alex Doge right here. <laughs> By the way, yeah. not financial advice. Uh, I don't, this is, <laughs> none of us know what we're talking <laughs> about. I, if you watch the YouTubers, they say that like every 30 seconds. Know, By the way, this is not so financial funny. advice, but you should listen <laughs> to me because, but this is not financial advice. It's over. Bro, that's so, it's so funny. funny. It's so good. Um, hey, everybody, if you were here uh, live or checking out the rebroadcast or listening later on one of the podcast platforms, super grateful to you for being here. And yeah, if this uh, if this was a blessing to you, uh, if it added any kind of value to your life, if you would maybe share it with somebody, that would be super cool. Uh, really appreciate you guys. So thanks so much. Uh, anybody that chimed in on the chat, I just I just realized that all of the chats don't show up. Um, <laughs> I think only Facebook wow. shows up. So the LinkedIn chat didn't show up. I, I've got some comments in some different places. So um, Good, I'll reach man. back out to y'all in just a minute. But uh, but thank you everybody. Thanks for being here, Alex. Again, brother, it's been an honor. Love you, man. Thank you for all you're doing for the kingdom, for revival, for raising up leaders for the body of Christ. So good. So awesome. You're such a blessing and uh, such an encouragement. And yeah, brother, thank you again, man. Peace and love, brother. See ya. Later, man. Bye.